0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullets Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of blotting found under the biochemistry section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin by discussing blotting procedures. The function is to probe for specific substances in a solution. A southern blot is used to analyze DNA. It is normally used to examine the presence of a particular DNA sequence. A northern blot is used to analyze RNA. This is normally used to examine gene expression. A western blot or immunoblot is used to analyze protein. Now let's discuss the process. You start by running a gel electrophoresis to separate the components of the solution. Bands are then transferred or blotted to a filter or membrane. A radio-labeled or fluorescently-labeled probe is then incubated with the membrane. In the case of a southern blot, it is done with a 32p DNA, and in northern blot, it is also a 32p DNA. In the case of a western blot, one may use an enzyme-linked or 131i antibody. The specific probe will bind with high specificity to DNA or RNA segments or proteins of interest. The membrane is then visualized under conditions to illuminate the probe. Now let's discuss their clinical uses. In the case of restriction-length polymorphism, or RFLP, this can be used for genetic testing. It is based on the principle that individuals have unique or heritable variations in RFLPs. A loss or gain of a restriction site changes the fragment lengths after digestion by an endonuclease, and variation is provided in part by variable-numbered tandem repeats, or VNTRs. A southern blot may be used to visualize the results. An example of this is testing for sickle cell anemia. The wild type gene contains a restriction site in the gene fragment. The sickle cell gene lacks this restriction site. So the diagnostic results following a southern blot would be as follows. For the wild type homozygote, they would have only medium and small fragments. The heterozygote would have large, medium, and small fragments. And the sickle cell homozygote would have only large fragments. Another clinical use of blotting is gene expression profiling. This will measure whether a particular region of DNA is being expressed, and northern blots are used to visualize the results. An example of this is testing for Fragile X syndrome, which demonstrates a decrease in expression of the FMR1 gene, and is the result of a trinucleotide repeat disorder. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to blotting, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned, and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A forensic pathologist performs a test to determine whether a sample of blood was derived from a particular suspect. At the end of the test, she has a series of bands on a gel, and compares the lane with the blood specimen with the lane from the suspect. She determines that these band patterns appear very different, and concludes that the suspect was not responsible for this blood sample, That was found at the scene. Which of the following statements best explains why this test can be used to distinguish between individuals? And the answer choices are Choice 1 copy number variation in certain genes, Choice 2 differential expression of restriction enzymes, Choice 3 protein abundance variation, Choice 4 restriction length polymorphism, or Choice 5 trinucleotide repeat polymorphism. The best answer to this question is choice four, restriction length polymorphism. The test performed for genetic testing is most likely a restriction digest and agarose gel electrophoresis, which distinguishes individuals based on the variation in the restriction sites known as restriction length polymorphism. Restriction enzymes are endonucleases that cut DNA strands in between conserved restriction sites. For example, the BAMHI enzyme recognizes the sequence GGATCC and cuts inside that sequence. Sporadic mutations over time between individuals leads to the creation of new restriction sites and the destruction of other sites. Therefore, after digesting DNA with restriction enzymes, individuals will vary in terms of the length of DNA between available restriction sites. The variation in DNA length between sites is known as restriction length polymorphism, and this property serves as the cornerstone of DNA identity testing. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, copy number variation in certain genes describes how individuals may have varying numbers of different genes. For example, the alpha amylase gene increases in copy number with populations that consume high starch diets. Though these vary at the population level, there is not sufficient variation between individuals for this to be a definitive method of genetic testing. Choice two. Differential expression of restriction enzymes is not relevant for the testing being described. In genetic testing, standardized and purified restriction enzymes primarily from bacteria are added to human genetic material in order to generate fragments of DNA. Therefore, the restriction enzymes being used for every individual are the same. Choice three. Protein abundance variation may occur due to epigenetic modifications of the genome. For example, endurance athletes may express higher levels of oxidative enzymes compared with sedentary individuals. However, protein abundance depends too much on environmental factors for it to be useful in identity testing. Choice 5. Trinucleotide repeat polymorphism occurs in diseases such as Huntington disease. These repeats increase in number with every generation such that each subsequent generation will develop disease earlier than the previous generation. These repeats have no value in identity testing. Finally, a bullet summary. Restriction-length polymorphism describes how DNA from different individuals will have a unique pattern of bands when digested with restriction enzymes. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. An investigator is attempting to develop a blood test to diagnose sporadic kreuzfeld jakob disease she has collected several tissue samples from adults who were diagnosed with CJD. After performing a comprehensive tissue analysis, she has identified two amino acid sequences on the affected proteins that are highly consistent across samples. She then creates antibodies that are highly specific to those amino acid sequences and is interested in using those antibodies to identify similar sequences in individuals suspected of having CJD. Which of the following tests would be most helpful in identifying these individuals. And the answer choices are choice one, southern blot, choice two, western blot, choice three, northern blot, choice four, southwestern blot, or choice five, polymerase chain reaction. The best answer to this question is choice two, western blot. The western blot is a commonly used diagnostic technique that detects disease-specific proteins using antibodies targeted to those proteins. The investigator is attempting to diagnose a disease, such as CJD, based on the presence of a specific amino acid sequence on a specific protein. The ideal test in this case would be a western blot. Western blots are diagnostic and investigative tools that can detect the presence of disease-specific proteins. They are performed by first applying a tissue sample to a nitrocellulose membrane, then detecting the presence of specific proteins in that tissue sample using highly specific antibodies. This technique is used to diagnose HIV, some forms of Lyme disease, and hepatitis B. This investigator could use her newly developed antibodies to identify conserved amino acid sequences in individuals suspected of having CJD. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, southern blots are used to detect specific DNA sequences. Choice three, northern blots are used to detect specific RNA sequences. Choice four, southwestern blots can be thought of as a combination of southern and western blots. They are used to detect the presence of DNA binding proteins using a nucleotide probe. Choice five, polymerase chain reaction is a common technique to amplify specific DNA fragments it is not used to detect specific protein. Finally, a bullet summary. Western blots use specific antibodies to detect proteins. They are commonly used as diagnostic tests when the target is identifying presence or absence of particular protein. That's all for this review about blotting. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets. The free learning and collaboration community Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 Podcast.